Since I dubbed this edition going for fourth a few weeks back as Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville battle for the Discover Central last playoff spot, only one of our focus teams will be playoff bound. How big is the final Dallas at Nashville game Saturday night as the teams are separated by two points? It's time to find out. Welcome to Going for Fourth on Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week, Discover Central Edition. It's a look at the three teams that stayed in the Central Division of the eight that will make up the Central Division in 2021-22. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. This podcast was recorded Friday, April 30th. The Discover Central was recorded Friday afternoon as the Discover Central teams were off Friday. The Touch of True North segment was to be recorded late Friday after Winnipeg played a game Friday night to include that game for that segment. Instead, I am putting Winnipeg in a standalone pod this week to have the Discover Central up Saturday afternoon, hopefully at the latest. Winnipeg doesn't play till Monday now. All the three Discover Central teams play Saturday night, so Winnipeg can be posted alone later. The Discover Central focus is on Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville with the original three Central Division teams we follow. Just a reminder, the Discover Central is not the namesake. This program will properly and accurately be named for beginning next year. Basically, I had split the eight teams that make up the Central Division into 2021-22 evenly into four teams over two podcasts, or in this case, sometimes three, because the condensed schedule made it more workable to cover all of them. With the interdivisional play, Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville play Tampa Bay, Carolina, Florida, Columbus, and Detroit. So they are often in the game summaries when they play our focused teams. And we need to acknowledge where the teams we cover are competitively with those teams. For our focused teams, we continue going for fourth. For this year's Discover Central, three traditionally Eastern Conference teams have been putting up a point clinic. Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Florida have held the top three spots in perpetuity that I have not had the opportunity to say in perpetuity as much as I have in this edition of the podcast this year. The updated look at the three-team lock atop the Discover Central at the conclusion of Thursday night's games with all the Central Division teams off Friday night. Carolina is first by point percentage, 730 point percentage, 73 points, 50 games played. Three points up on second place Tampa Bay, 700 point percentage, 70 points, 50 games played. And third place Florida with a 683 point percentage, 71 points, 52 games played, who are two points behind Carolina, but have two games played on Carolina and Tampa Bay. All three teams officially clinched playoff bursts this past week. For weeks, I have said the incentive for finishing first is to not have to play either team that is vying currently for the top spot, but instead the team that nabs the fourth and final playoff spot in the Discover Central. All three of those top-tier teams want to avoid the two-versus-three first-round playoff matchup in the Discover Central, and only one team will. 
To be honest, Florida, Carolina, and Tampa Bay are in the game summaries a lot this week because they played Chicago, Dallas, and Nashville. And while it was a mixed bag for the results for the three focus Central Division teams, it is because of how damn good those teams are. Watching Florida play Nashville twice, you appreciate how good they are even without cornerstone defenseman Aaron Ekblad. Watching Tampa Bay over Chicago and Dallas in a game each, well, that reminds you that it's the defending champs being very good while still missing Nikita Kucherov all year, and of late, their other superstar Steven Stamkos, while still having tons of other star power. Carolina playing a pair of games with Dallas this week was like watching two teams play Dallas Stars hockey against each other as mirror images of one another, both with the highest skill level and size around, not to mention speed. If I had more time, trust me, I would talk about those three teams atop the Discover Central that have been battling it out for the top spot more. Our three Focus Central Division teams are playing for that fourth final playoff spot. This week's order is being done by how the teams did in the past week. Nashville has five games left. Dallas and Chicago have six remaining. Nashville holds the fourth spot, two points over Dallas, who have a game in hand. Chicago is six points back. Last week, I predicted the magic number of 62 points for snagging the fourth and final playoff spot. We'll look at how that magic number is progressing. Let's start with the fourth spot, Discover Central placeholder Nashville. Here's the expanded standings look at Nashville for this week, who went 1-1-0 and and to remain fourth by a pair of points in the standings. Nashville, 549 point percentage fourth. Since the last podcast, 1-1-0. Overall, 27-22-2. 51 games played, 56 points, 141 goals for, 146 goals against, a minus 5 goal differential. Nashville splits the key two-game back-to-back home set versus Florida. Here's the game summaries. Monday, April 26, a 4-1 win versus Florida. 4.49 into the first, Florida a goal on a delayed penalty on Nashville. 6-on-5, Florida has the puck thrown from the sidewall into the paint. It's guided in by a Florida skate with no kicking motion, good goal. 6.30 in Nashville, power play goal. Mikel Granlin, park net front, picks up the garbage and puts in a rebound on Florida goalie Chris Dreiger. 4.30 left, Nashville goal, UC Saros, makes a key save off of the Florida rush. one all after one. 3.35 into the second, Nick Cousins with a Nashville goal. Off the four check behind the net. 4.50 in Nashville's Luke Cunningham is stopped on a two-on-one backhander from a turnover behind the net. 10.39 left, Nashville goalie Saros makes a big save as Florida drives the net. 4.55 left, during a TV timeout, Florida goalie Dreger leaves the game and goalie Sergei Barboski comes in relief. 2.22 left, Nashville goalie Saros blocker save on the Florida slot shot. 11 seconds left, Nashville goalie Saros makes a pad save on the Florida backdoor setup on a cross-crease pass. 2-1, Nashville through 2. 144 into the third, Nashville's Ben Harper goes into an open door at the Florida bench in a hard check. 239 in Nashville, get a goal off the rush. Matt DeShane makes a backhand pass from the wing to Eric Halla in a soft spot in the defensive zone Florida coverage. Halla puts it high blocker side from the slot. 9-12 in, Nashville get a goal as Tanner Janot from the circle puts it to the net front for a Yakov Trenin deflection goal corner blocker side. 10-15 left, Nashville goalie Saros stretches out for a blocker save on a Florida chance from the slot to lead 
to Nashville's 4-1 win. Nashville goalie Saros one goal against 39 saves for the win as Florida outshoots Nashville 40-27. Nashville 1 for 2, Florida 0 for 2 with the power play. Tuesday, April 27th, a 7-4 loss to Florida. 6-0-7 into the first. Nashville gets a goal, opening the scoring on a Ryan Ellis point blast. Put far side with Luke Cunnan providing a net front screen on Florida goalie Sergei Bobrovsky. 8-28, Florida power play goal. Florida gets it up from the circle, score short side through a screen on Nashville goalie UC Saros. Midway point of the period, Nashville goalie Saros stretches out for a big pad save. 5-28, Nashville goalie Saros, another pad save. 4-57 left, Florida wires it off the far side post. 1-0 after 1. 1-29 to the second, Nashville goalie Saros glove save on a Florida slot shot. 2-55 in Nashville goalie Saros net side pad save. 2-56 in Florida power play goal from the low circle on a cross crease pass for an open cage. 6.50 in Nashville's Cunning net front bangs in a rebound goal. 11.32 Florida backhand and rebound combo is stopped by Nashville goalie Saros. 7.33 left Nashville goalie Saros short side slot slave. 7.20 left Nashville goal Roman Yossi's slot shot rebound put short side by Tanner Janot. 2.28 left Florida's Alexander Barkov on an individual effort from the offensive zone sidewall, goes to the slot and puts it off of Nashville's Yossi stick through the five hole on Nashville goalie Saros. 23 seconds left, Nashville goal Ellis's second of the game on a defensive zone pinch. From the circle, his one-timer blast goes far side corner. Seven seconds left, Nashville with two chances that are stopped. 4-3 Nashville through two. Florida changes goalies for the third yanking goalie Brabowski on four goals against 17 saves and put goalie Spencer Knight in relief. 4.57 into the third, Florida goal jammed in net front off a scramble. 7.15 in, Florida goal from the circle far side roof. 8.40 left, Nashville goalie Saros pad save on the Florida breakaway. 6.14 left, Florida power play goal from the circle, one-timer short side on a cross-crease pass. 1.37, Florida awarded an empty net goal as Nashville hauls down a Florida player with an open look at the empty net. Four third-period goals by Florida as they secure a 7-4 win and clinch a playoff berth. 55-30 shots, Florida. Nashville goalie Saros, six goals against, 49 saves for the loss. Florida, three for five. Nashville, 0 for two with the power play. Nashville game set perspective. UC Saros faced 95 Florida shots on goal over the two-game split. He is the reason Nashville won one game. While Florida lost their better, lesser-known goalie, Chris Dreiger, that most likely led more to the 4-1 Nashville win. Think about it. While Dreger allowed two goals against while making 14 saves, how long was he actually playing hurt for? Florida goalie Sergei Bobrovsky allowed the other two goals against with nine saves. Florida had bad goaltending while having target practice on Soros, who stood the fort and had Nashville up 4-3 to three after two, and that was following the same script. What changed? Florida's goalie did in the second game. Rookie Spencer Knight came in and made nine saves, allowing no goals, while Soros couldn't, after 41 shots through two on back-to-back games, stop another 14, allowing three goals against. Here's a post-game quote from Coach John Hines after the 7-4 loss to Florida. There was only one guy that deserved a better fate, and that was Soros. He played a really good game, and we didn't play a good team game. 
Nashville's overall analysis going 1-1-0 against a really good Florida team this past week on the backs of UC Soros is the same script we've been working from and that was a good week for Nashville. Good enough to still be sitting in the fourth Discover Central Division playoff spot. It's two points and Dallas has a game in hand. The next game for both is the team's final meeting in Nashville against each other. As I said last week, I don't think that's getting decided in regulation time, but the importance of Nashville doing it from their perspective would be being four points up while Dallas only had one game in hand still. That's favorable math for the Nashville Saroses to make the playoff dance. The Saroses, aka the Predators, may not have to. We should just rename the team to the Saroses is what I'm trying to say to you guys. They do need to do one thing this week. They need to take the four points available in Columbus. That's the favorable games in the schedule left for this Nashville team. The final two games of the season are against Carolina, and that's a big ask to get points in. That's how huge the split with Florida was. That's two points that kept them up two points. It really makes me think Nashville needs only a point with Dallas now. You can hear in the next segment what gauntlet Dallas is due to complete after the head-to-head against Nashville. However, a Nashville regulation win, a win in overtime or a shootout, or even a single point versus Dallas, plus a pair of wins versus Columbus, will put more pressure on Dallas than Nashville in the final week. They are also Nashville's most winnable games left, and winning them, they probably would deserve that playoff spot. Really, as I said, the schedule allowed Nashville to play Saros back-to-back, and that gave them the best chance to win, and Nashville was a period away from a sweep because Saros was better than Florida's goalie Burboski, while Florida really had target practice on Nashville's MVP. The Nashville script holds if they pull off wins this upcoming week versus Dallas and two in Columbus. If they don't, they will still have a path to the playoffs. But if they want to solidify it, the next three games are the best way to do it. The one thing that Nashville will have is a decided goaltending advantage in the games versus Columbus. That is a big reason why Columbus isn't where they expected to be this season. Both Jonas Corpusello and Elvis Merslikens have done one thing in net for the Blue Jackets. They've struggled along with the team that goal scoring wasn't a strong suit to begin with. That's why it's absolutely four key points that Nashville needs, wants to bank. A regulation loss to Dallas and not beating Columbus both games, well, then we're into some murky area because it becomes more dependent on what Dallas does. And for now, it doesn't. I mean, hopefully it won't require 150 saves by UC Saros over the next three games to do it. But the players in front of Saros better do their part enough to get it done. Saros gives them a chance to win every night and then some. They're in this position because of him. It's time for him to get the reward by them playing better in front of him. This team has got its above average goaltending, and that is looking to be just enough to sneak this team that otherwise has no business in the playoff conversation, in the conversation, but also maybe, just maybe, actually in the playoffs this year. Looking at Nashville's team's metrics, 
up three spots to 21st from 24th in goals scored at 2.67. Nashville dropped a spot, tie 16th in goals allowed at a 2.86 goals per game from last week. The power play continues to drop down one more spot to 25th at a 17.9 success percentage. The penalty kill stayed 29th at a 75% kill success rate. The shots on goal against is 31.7 per game. That's ranked 25th overall. Nashville's useless factoid power play flicker in the outage. Nashville went 1-for-2 on the power play in the 4-1 win versus Florida. That ended a 9-game 0-for-23 stretch prior to it. The next night, they went 0-for-2 in the 7-4 loss. That's one goal in 27 power play opportunities. Thumbs up. This has a reserve parking sign with UC Saros' name on it for the rest of the season. UC Saros won his career single season high 18th game this past week. His 2.36 goals against average and 9.26 save percentage are above his career best individual season marks for those categories as well. So it is likely he will finish the year with new career single season numbers in both those categories as well as wins. He is 18-10-1 with two shutouts. If he finishes out strong, he should get some Vesna Trophy nomination votes for his performance in this season to have Nashville in a playoff race. I'm starting to think if Nashville makes the playoffs, some might give him some Hart Trophy votes for the NHL's MVP. Thumbs down to everyone not named UC Saros for the four goals against third period in the 7-4 loss to Florida. Nashville got nine shots on goal. They took two minor penalties that led to the third Florida power play goal of the game. While UC Saros stands on his head and had faced already 40-plus shots, I think, in that game or the game before every game, it only seems Nashville gets goals if the opposition isn't getting average goaltending. For example, once Spencer Knight came in, the gig was up in that 7-4 loss. Saros deserves better. By the way, I'm retiring the Michael Granderlinchuk in and out of the lineup stats record this week. UC Saros, an above-average goaltending, pretty much negates who is playing in front of him or as it relates to the team's records. In additional news, Victor Arvidsson is listed day-to-day on the IR. That remains the same otherwise from last week and still includes left-winger Philip Forsberg, upper body, center Brad Richardson, lower body, defenseman Mark Borowiecki, upper body, left-hand defenseman Lucas Biza, upper body, defenseman Alex Carrier, lower body, defenseman Dante Fabro, upper body. Those guys are on IR. Up next, three games for Nashville, Saturday versus Dallas. Monday and Wednesday at Columbus. The home record for Nashville, 15-10-0. Away, 12-12-2. If UC Saros can get Nashville a three-game win streak through this stretch, Nashville's playoff appearance would be as good as punched. That's Nashville's goal. Next week, we'll see how it went and figure out the playoff race from there. This is the three biggest games left for grabbing points for Nashville and a playoff spot. We're going to take a quick break and look at Dallas and Chicago when we return with more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast, this week in our Discover Central edition. 
Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months, now through December 2nd. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover Central edition. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. Moving on to Dallas this week, Nashville remains in the driver's seat. Dallas stayed in the shotgun seat. A 2-2-0 week meant they gained ground and lost a game in hand for the cause. Here's Dallas's expanded Discover Central Division standings look. Dallas, a 540-point percentage fifth since the last podcast, 2-2-0. Overall, 21-17-12, 50 games played, 54 points, 140 goals for, 132 goals against for a plus-eight goal differential. Dallas started the week winning the second of the two at Detroit. Let's look at the game summary. Saturday, April 24th, a 2-1 overtime win at Detroit. 8.26 left in the first. Dallas's Tanner Kuro redirects a Dennis Guriana pass on a Dallas power play, but is stopped by Detroit goalie Jonathan Bernier. 7.38 left. Dallas's Andrew Cogliano off the rush up the wing, can't score short side. 4.26 left. Dallas's Radic Faxa on a pass from Kiro in the slot is stopped off a Detroit defensive zone net side turnover. 3.43 left. Detroit get a goal on a two-on-one from the dot bar and in far side. one nothing Detroit after one. 9.18 left in the second. Dallas's Jamie Oleksiak's backhand ring short side post. 8.08 left. Detroit drive the net for their first shot on goal in the second. A shot stopped by Dallas goalie Hudobin. 5.53 left. Dallas's Jason Robertson is hooked and draws a penalty driving to the net for a chance. Detroit kills the penalty off to keep the second scoreless. Shots were 41-6 for Dallas through two periods. 2.47 into the third, Dallas's Ropa Hints puts it off the post from the slot. 3.52 into the third, Dallas get their first goal. Mark Pesek jams in a rebound of the puck that goes off the post and into the Detroit net. Tied at one, needing overtime. 32 seconds into overtime, Jamie Benn creates a neutral zone turnover, and on a two-on-one keep with Dennis Gurionov from the center slot, he goes bar down, short side blocker with the overtime game-winning goal bullet and the 2-1 overtime win for Dallas. Shots, 52-17 for Dallas. Dallas 0-4, Detroit 0-1 with the power play. Dallas goalie Hudobin, one goal against, 16 saves for the overtime win. Dallas game perspective, 50-plus shots, and while holding a 41-6 shot advantage through two, Detroit goalie Bernier was stealing the game 1-0 for Detroit. Dallas continued to press. They got the equalizer, and then the OT winner in a must-have game. 
for Dallas's playoff hopes. And yes, Jamie Benn, who I questioned a couple weeks ago on being out on the ice for overtime, gets the game-winning goal. Dallas then splits the two versus a top-tier Carolina team at home in their final games of the season at home. Let's look at the game summaries. Monday, April 26th, a 4-3 overtime win versus Carolina. In the first, after Jamie Benn draws a Carolina penalty, a 119 in, Jason Robertson drives with the puck to the net, and power play Joe Pavelski puts it in off a Carolina defenseman in the crease for the Dallas power play goal to open the scoring past Carolina goalie James Reimer. 9-16 left Dallas's rope a hint stop from the slot. 301 left Dallas goal on a point shot off the cycle. Jason Dickinson gets his skate no kicking motion to put it short side lifted and in two nothing Dallas after one. 741 left in the second. Dallas's Pavelski and Hints can't connect on a well defended two on one by Carolina. 636 left. Carolina goal off the four check. Back pass from behind the net is batted past Dallas goalie Jake Oninger just below the crossbar far side net front. Three minutes, four seconds later, as Dallas's Andrew Cogliano plays without a stick, Carolina from the dot get a goal short side barn in. 36 seconds later, Dallas goal on a clean zone entry, a cross ice pass for a Dallas goal by Dennis Gurionov, short side shelf one timer from the dot. 220 left, Dallas's Pavelski with hints denied on a two on one setup by a stretch pass. Two minutes left, Dallas's Blake Como drives the net but can't go cross crease with the puck. 42 seconds left, Dallas in close, Robertson is stopped. 3 2 Dallas through two. 929 into the third, Dallas. Goalie Ottinger, glove save on a top of slot shot. 4-14 left. Carolina goal. A point shot goes off the offensive zone entry off a Dallas player in the high slot and in. 2-41 left. Dallas's Andrew Cogliano in the net side slot is stopped by a glove save. 3-3 after 3, needing 3-on-3 OT. 2-44 into overtime. Dallas get the game-winning goal on a 2-on-1. Robertson gets it to Jamie Benn, who goes backhand, forehand, 5-hole. 32-31 shots for Carolina. Dallas 1-for-1. Carolina 0-for-2 at the power play. Dallas goalie Ottinger, 3 goals against. 29 saves for the overtime win. Tuesday, April 27th, a 5-1 loss versus Carolina. 3-20 into the first Carolina slot blast stop by Dallas goalie Anton Hudobin. 7-0-8 in Carolina get a power play goal. Point shot off Carolina's players net side skate to the slot for a one-timer glove side goal. A minute one second after Carolina goal. Point shot with a big rebound wired in from the wing. 2.56 left. Carolina has two chances. Dallas goalie Hudobin stops in close. 2.30 left. Dallas's rope hints off the rush has a backhand shot stopped. 2-0 Carolina after one. 1.13 into the second. Carolina power play goal. Point shot goes off of the back glass and over the net to the net front paint where it is jammed in for Carolina goal. 7.45 in Dallas's hints. Net front tip goes to Jason Robertson who at the net side goes short side lifted past Carolina goalie Alex Delkovich for a Dallas goal. 11.25 left. Dallas's Miro Haskinen from the circle tries to go far side off the rush. 5.27. Dallas's Jason Dickinson is stopped short side from the circle. 1.21 left. Dallas goalie Hudobin and the post keep out a point blank shot from the slot off a Carolina board battle win. 
3-1 Carolina through 2. 3-21 into the third, Dallas goalie Hudobin stops the Carolina 2-on-1. 5-18 in, Carolina goal off the forecheck, put net front, lifted backhand. 7-46 left, Carolina get another goal down low to the slot, short side, blocker side, roof. 7-34 left, Dallas's Gurianov slot blast is stopped as Carolina win 5-1. 30-28 shots for Carolina, Dallas 0-3, for Carolina 2-3 for on the power play. Dallas goalie Hudobin 5 goals against, 25 saves in a loss. With Carolina's 5-1 win over Dallas, they clinched their spot to the postseason. Dallas's game's perspectives in the dallas overtime win dallas got out to a two goal first period lead and were able to get the game into overtime where jamie ben who i question being used in overtime scores his second ot game winning goal in as many games in the 5-1 loss it was carolina up two after one and they continued on from there also in the dallas win dallas had the power play advantage going one for one while the PK for Dallas was a perfect 2-for-2. In the loss, Carolina went 2-for-3 on the power play, and Carolina's penalty kill was 3-for-3. These teams play such a similar style. These games are an absolute beauty to watch, and it seems every bit of the advantage from a power play goal or a key save by a goalie matters in who's going to end up winning the game. Dallas was in both these games and a split with a top-tier Carolina team that is almost a mirror image of Dallas and how it's built and plays so similarly isn't anything for Dallas to hang their heads over. Plus, they haven't had any time to be able to hang their heads if they wanted to. Thursday was seen as two key points as it was with Nashville not playing, so it felt like one of the games in hand. You could consider the game against Detroit as the other one. Both games were nights Nashville didn't play of the 2-4 to four games Dallas did play to Nashville's. The defending champs did come out on top. Here's the game summary. Thursday, April 29th, 3-0 loss at Tampa Bay. 12-39 left in the first. Dallas goalie Jake Oniger gets across to make a short side save on a Tampa Bay power play. 5-19 left. Tampa Bay goal on a Dallas defensive zone turnover. Short side from the slot goes over the pad under the blocker and in. 2-04 left. Dallas's Jamie Alexiak's Partial break up the wing is stopped. A 1-0 Tampa Bay after one. In a scoreless, tight-checking second, with 9.36 left, Rope Hints has the best chance for Dallas on an odd man rush on a feed from Jason Robertson. Dallas outshoots Tampa Bay 12-2, but remain behind 1-0 heading into the third. 8.27 into the third, Dallas's Jamie Oleksiak hauls down Tampa Bay's Blake Coleman shorthanded, and he is awarded a penalty shot. He gets a Tampa Bay shorthanded goal on the penalty shot going glove side roof corner. 3.55 left, Dallas's goalie, Ottinger, makes a big poke check save. One twenty-one left, Tampa Bay add an empty net goal for the 3-0 win as Tampa Bay goalie Andre Vasileski makes 20 saves for his fish shutout of the season, three of which have been against Dallas. Dallas goalie Ottinger, two goals against, 25 saves for the loss as Tampa Bay outshot Dallas 28-20. Dallas 0-2, Tampa Bay 0-1 with the power play. Dallas's game perspective, there wasn't a lot of grade A chances by Dallas on Tampa Bay's Vasilevsky and the 20 shot and goal total 
reflect that. It was a good defensively played game in saying that. If you figure, other than the penalty shot Tampa Bay goal, Uninger in more high danger shots by Tampa Bay was almost equal and allowed one goal against on five on five play. Dallas just needed some bounces. It's to say that in the loss, there isn't anything to be critical of from a Dallas perspective other than they didn't get a goal to be tied at one, forcing this game into extra time. Instead, a special team's play gave Tampa Bay the insurance they needed instead. Dallas's overall analysis, I said 2-2-0 was the worst Dallas could do this week, and 3-1-0 and a pair of wins over Carolina would be better. That would have had them tied in points. Dallas didn't play bad. They had goaltending to win all four and still went 2-2-0. With Nashville splitting their week, that left Dallas two points back with now only one game in hand. It's still possible for Dallas to get in, and this upcoming week will tell us a lot of whether or not they can do it. The last head-to-head to me between Nashville and Dallas is a must-win from a Dallas perspective, and it actually needs to be in regulation. A loss may be too much to overcome. If the point spread is four points between Nashville and Dallas with only a game in hand, Dallas needs to be Columbus fans early next week. Those look to be bankable points for Nashville as well. When you look at Dallas's schedule, to me, the last two games versus Chicago on the regular season schedule are harder to win games than Nashville's two in Columbus. However, Columbus winning over Nashville would help Dallas, but most importantly, is Dallas winning the one game head-to-head the teams play against each other. After the Nashville game, the week is going to be next-level hard as well for Dallas. Monday versus Florida, then Wednesday, Friday against Tampa Bay. All the games are on the road. Dallas getting even in points with Nashville in regulation with a win against them is step one. Finding some points the rest of the week when it's expected Nashville will get points is step two, or the gap with the two games versus Chicago won't be meaningful games. The games have to be played, and Dallas is right there, but they haven't caught Nashville yet. That has to happen if they're going to get into the postseason. The path packed with more games in the same number of days is a harder one for Dallas too. I felt Dallas have been consistently the best Central Division-focused team of the three in the last month. Nashville is living off of above-average goaltending mostly. But in the NHL, that can be all the difference a team needs. Dallas is getting good goaltending as well and playing better. They really need to dig into what's left in the tank to pull this out because as a group, they are in one heck of a schedule. Points in the games versus Florida or the two left versus Tampa Bay that Dallas is due for some points versus Tampa They just might not get the points that are needed to me. There needs to be at least two points here plus beating Nashville head-to-head Saturday. That's harder than Nashville's more rested playing at home for one more head-to-head and a pair on the road versus Columbus. I'm not ready to say it's a done deal yet for either of these teams. Expected wins are a fool's errand in the NHL, and both Dallas and Nashville had splits versus top-tier playoff-bound teams this week. Which team has a better week this week will probably determine who comes out on top. Dallas remain the only one of three focused Central Division teams with a positive 
goal differential plus eight in the race for fourth. Still, and both the goals allowed and power play are top 10 metrics in the NHL. Let's expand on the Dallas team metrics. Dallas fell one ranked spot to sixth in goals allowed at 2.52 per game. Dallas fell three ranked spots to 18th after consecutive week increases with 2.76 goals scored per game. The power play fell a ranked spot to seventh at 23.6%. The penalty kill fell two ranks to a 19th ranking at a 78.9% kill rate. Dallas is ranked fifth in fewest penalty minutes per game at seven. They also have the second fewest shots on gold allowed per game at 26.9. Dallas's useless factoid. The 3 nothing loss to Tampa Bay was the start of the seven-game road trip to finish Dallas's regular season. Dallas is 8-10-4 on the road this season. If the more difficult strength of schedule wasn't just a challenge, finding a way to get the road record over 500 and into the playoffs in combination with that is another. In fact, finishing over 500 in the last six might not have them with a winning road record overall, but seven or eight points out of a possible 12 might be enough to get them into the playoffs. Thumbs up, Captain Jamie Ben for making me eat my words of a couple podcasts ago. I questioned Coach Rick Bonus using Ben in overtime instead of the more speedy Dallas options after his uh, penalty cost Dallas an overtime win a few podcasts back. Thankfully, I think Rick Bonus ignored or never heard it because the two overtime game-winning goals scored this past week were by Ben. And in the Detroit game, Ben created the neutral zone turnover himself to then go and score all the while actually looking like he wanted to pass it to Robertson before that was taken away and he finally decided to go short side cookie jar for the overtime game-winning goal. One more thing for picking Ben this week, in addition to the overtime game-winning goal in the 4-3 Carolina win, Ben assisted on all three goals that helped Dallas get the game to overtime. Thumbs down, after calling out Ben, I think it was two weeks ago, and he made me eat my words. Let's try and turn the same magic with another Dallas game changer that's gone quiet of late. Dallas defenseman Miro Haskinen is Dallas's best offensive threat, although John Klingberg has matched his goal total and added more helpers so far this season. If Dallas is going to make the playoffs, Haskinen's current seven-game goalish drought ending would help. How about showing up the current Norris Trophy winner, Roman Yossi, head-to-head Saturday with a big game for Miro Haskinen and helping will this Dallas team into the playoffs. In additional news, all-star forward Tyler Sagan is on the road trip with the team. I have not heard any update since over a week ago on his availability to play Saturday or when he would be available to play. Forward Yol Kiviranta and defenseman Sammy Vatnin are not listed on IR and they could be potential options going forward. To remind you, long-term injured reserve goalie Ben Bishop knee, forward Alexander Radulov abdomen, and defenseman Stephen Johns undisclosed won't return this season. Up next for Dallas, four games Saturday at Nashville, Monday at Florida, Wednesday, Friday at Tampa Bay. Their away record is 8-10-4, the home record finished the season at 13-7-8. Both Dallas and Nashville won a regulation win in the last head-to-head meeting between the teams. Dallas, back two points, needs it most. 
really, I've said the importance of points against Florida and the two left in Tampa Bay as well. It's now time to find out how this important week turns out for Dallas. Goaltending is going to be a key that I do know. We're going to take a quick break and come back to talk about Chicago when we return with more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover Central edition. Take advantage of Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event and get rewarded. It pays to be prepared for the season. Get sweet deals from Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event now through December 3rd. If you purchase $15 or $25 of participating products at BJ's, you can get a $5 or $10 reward. Plus, you can even enter to win a Visa Rewards card. Purchase at BJ's, upload your receipt, and choose your reward. It pays to be prepared at BJ's. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com holiday. Welcome back to Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week in our Discover Central edition. I'm your host, Tim Bigelow. We finished looking at the Discover Central Division with Chicago, who went 0-1-1 in their two games this week against top-tier Discover Central Division teams. Here's the expanded look at where Chicago sit in the Discover Central Division standings. Chicago, a 500-point percentage, six since the last podcast, 0-1-1 overall, 22-22-6, 50 games played, 50 points, 142 goals for, 162 goals against, a minus 20 goal differential. Chicago have to play quickly from behind as Tampa Bay route Chicago 7-4 to start the past week. Here's the game summary. Tuesday, April 27th, 7-4 loss versus Tampa Bay. 28 seconds into the first Tampa Bay goal on Chicago goalie Kevin Lankinen. Two-on-one keep, five-hole from the circle. 4.15 4.15 in, Tampa Bay goal from the top of the circle's tip, net front pass, Chicago goalie Lincoln's pad. 6.05 in, Chicago's Patrick Kane's one-timer from the top of the circle forces Tampa Bay goalie Andre Vasilevsky to make a glove save. 11.59 in, Chicago goal Brandon Hagel puts it net front from behind the net. It goes off two Tampa Bay players, net front to ricochet in behind Tampa Bay goalie Vasilevsky. 7.39 left, Chicago goalie Lankinen makes a breakaway stop in close. 7.30 left. Chicago's Dominique Kubalik takes a head hit away from the puck for a Tampa Bay penalty to Luke Shen in the neutral zone. Refs determine it should be a two-minute interference penalty, missing the correct call on that one. You'd think that Shen had hit them in the head before determining the penalty call on the play. 7-13 left, Chicago's Alex Dabrinkit can't score, driving to the net on the power play. 4-56 left, Tampa Bay goal, rebound put in. 
455 left Tampa Bay Shen and Chicago's Nikita Zadorov off the center ice faceoff. Fight off the draw for the earlier hit, getting five each for fighting. 201 left Chicago goal. Wyatt Kalanick from the circle goes far side under the blocker over the pad. The Tampa Bay goalie Vasilevsky gets a piece of, but looks to redirect into his net. Four seconds left, Chicago still in Strom, denied on a shot and rebound off the rush. 3-2 Tampa Bay after one. Chicago pulls goalie Lankinen after the first. Three goals against eight saves. Goalie Malcolm Subin comes in relief. 2.31 into the second, Chicago goalie Subin has a net side stop. 5.15 in, Chicago's Vinny Henestroza off the rush stop from the slot. 558 in, Chicago's Dabrinkit can't tuck a wraparound. 640, Tampa Bay goal off the four-check wraparound. 759, Chicago goalie Subin. PK, save on a rush through the middle, splitting the Chicago D. Hope someone appreciates how that's worded. 921 in, Tampa Bay goal off the four-check. Chipped to the slot and lifted far side. 1011 left, Chicago's Brett Connolly stopped on a breakaway. 739 left, Tampa Bay's Eric Chernak and Chicago's Connor Murphy fight as Murphy takes exception to a hit by Chernak and takes two minutes instigator plus five for fighting. 621 left, Tampa Bay power play goal, net front tip on a high slot point shot. 357 left, Tampa Bay shorthanded backhand with a blocker save on a rebound that is made by Chicago goalie Subin. 54 seconds left, Chicago's Kane is stopped in the slot. 32 seconds left, Chicago's Duncan Keith's point wrister goes high glove for a Chicago goal. 6-3 Tampa Bay through two. 1351 into the third, Chicago power play goal, Kubalik 5-on-3, short side one-timer, put shelf on a dot-to-dot pass from Kane. 51 seconds left, Tampa Bay at an empty net goal to win, 7-4. Shots 40-30, Chicago. Chicago 1-for-7, Tampa Bay 1-for-4 with the power play. Chicago goalie Subin, 4 goals against, 15 saves, and he is tagged with the loss as he was in net for Tampa Bay's 5th goal that was the game-winning goal. Tampa Bay clinched their spot to the playoffs with this win. Chicago's game perspective down 3-1 after one while out shooting Tampa Bay 18-11. You could say the team with the Vesna caliber goaltending was winning. The team in front of the goals and compete was there for Chicago. Chicago also didn't get a power play goal till the third on their final of seven power play chances. To be fair, Tampa Bay was full marks for their penalty kill prior to that goal. Chicago needed some kind of advantage, and they didn't find one in net nor in the special teams in this game. Still, it was a gutsy, chippy effort. Chicago kept playing, but you have to have better goaltending to beat the defending champs. Chicago go extra time following 4-3 in overtime to Florida. Here's the game summary. Thursday, April 29th, 4-3 overtime win versus Florida. 13-02 left in the first. Chicago's Alex DeBrinkett's deflection in front stopped by Florida goalie Spencer Knight. 12-29 left. Chicago's DeBrinkett's blast from the circle stopped or possibly hits iron or both. 7-19 in. Chicago's Suter is stopped in the slot. 6-13 left, Adam Gaudette scores his first goal with Chicago on a backhand net front rebound, top of the crease. A goal set up by Dominique Kubalik beating out a icing. 3-42 left, Florida hits the short side crossbar from the circle. 1-0 Chicago after one. 4-8 into the second, Florida on a 3-on-2 are stopped by Chicago goalie Kevin Lankinen. 7-47 in, Florida power play goal, point shot tipped between the legs, net front, screen, 
in combination. 10-09 in, Chicago get a goal, two-on-one, Brandon Hagel's sauce pass over a Florida defender to Vinny Hinestroza, who has a one-touch short side goal. Three minutes after, Florida goal on a three-on-two rush rebound off a pad save put short side. 4.52 left, Chicago's Dabrinkic shorthanded, slot shot stopped after Kirby Dock steals it in the offensive zone on the forecheck. 4.04 left, Chicago 2-on-1 Dabrinkic from Dock denied after a key Lankinen save at the other end. 1.22 left, 2-on-1 shorthanded, Chicago's Hegel to Dabrinkic, he puts the puck in the net but with a high stick off the rush. Called off immediately, no goal. Two all through two. 5.44 into the third, Florida in tight forces Chicago goalie Lankinen to make a save. 7.13 in Chicago's Mike Hardman on a three-on-two hits the glove side post. 9.09 in, Florida goal off of the cycle. Slot wrister goes glove side while a Florida player does a skate by screen. 7.31 left, Hagel stop net side. 7.17 left, Chicago goalie Lankinen makes an all-alone Florida stop on a delayed Chicago penalty. 8 seconds left, playing 6-on-5, Chicago get a goal as Patrick Kane's cross-ice pass to Debrinket on the tape for a low-circle short-side one-timer ties the game. 3-3 three, three after 3, needing 3-on-3 three three OT. One ten into overtime, Chicago's Hagel drives the net and is stopped as he barrels over Florida goalie Knight. 2-16 in, Chicago's Kane is stopped from the slot. 4-08, Florida get the overtime game-winning goal off the rush from the circle. It beats Chicago goalie Lankin in far side shelf. Shots 39-27 for Florida. Chicago 0 for 2, Florida 1 for 4 in the power play. Chicago goalie Lankin in 4 goals against, 35 saves in the overtime loss. Chicago game perspective. First off, goalie Kevin Lankinen had a better game and made 35 saves. Still, if you have to go out and score four or five plus goals to win every night, even as Chicago had seven goals in two games while only picking up a single point in the two games, in fairness, Florida, like Tampa Bay, is a great team. And again, Chicago didn't win the special teams and they didn't get the better goaltending. Chicago's overall analysis, Chicago isn't eliminated from the playoffs. They sit six points back in Nashville, with Dallas also ahead of them in the standings. Chicago, also as we said last week, is through the favorable schedule and has a tough one to finish out. Barring some kind of exceptional change to the current script in Chicago, they will fall short, as expected because of the goaltending, as I said on the onset of the season starting. Still, exciting to see the young talent this team has and the core pieces from the Stanley Cup years, Reed, Patrick Kane, and Duncan Keith, still play at an elite level. This team did miss Captain Jonathan Taves. For the rookies, it's almost an all-rookie line worth of notables. First was Pius Suter and Philip Kurashev at the season start. Goalie Kevin Lankinen helped get Chicago above the playoff line for a while, as did a hot power play. Chicago could get away with more high-scoring affairs that they won before the game started tightening up and more like playoff hockey. You can add defenseman Ian Mitchell was quietly impressive over that stretch as well. After those rookies cooled off, the next pair of forward Brandon Hagel and defenseman Wyatt Kalanick emerged of late for Chicago. That's the highlights, to me, of a lot of rookies in the lineup for the Chicago team that had more development and signs of promise for the depth of this organization. That's something on the onset 
we also weren't anticipating. That said, not one of that group that I just talked about had a Calder Trophy nomination campaign as an individual. Not one should be in that conversation. If there was a team rookie award, you could give that to Chicago, but you can't for any one of the individuals over the full season. Patrick Kane was and remains the team's MVP. Alex DeBrinkett had a great bounce back campaign. After that, there's a lot of work to be done to be competitive, but this team very well could have made the playoffs with proven NHL goaltending. To me, that's sad because if someone can tell me a team that without injuries planned to spend under $4 million on the three guys they were planning to go into a season with, well, I still think Chicago doing it was a first. And it was an egregious error and downright disrespectful to the core. I have no issues with rebuilding. If you can invest minimally 6 or $7 million on a pair of goalies in the NHL, you should be a NHL lottery team, except that the D group and the forward group actually in Chicago wasn't a lottery team at all. They are still storing goals and not winning because only Detroit and Columbus, who sit 7th and 8th in the Discover Central Division, have allowed as many or more goals against. Detroit, 162, matching Chicago's goals against. Columbus, 170 goals against. Chicago, meanwhile, has actually scored two goals more than Dallas and one more than Nashville to this point of the season, but they have allowed a lot more. That's the investment or lack of investment Chicago made in its goaltending. It would have made a great story if Lankinen actually played above average to get this otherwise competitive Chicago team into the playoffs. The opportunity was there for both he, Subban, and let me think, I had to look it up, Colin Delia, and I had to re-look that up because it was so long since he played. They all, to me, can be adequate backups at the NHL level. Chicago showed this season there isn't a true starter yet among them collectively. Kane, Keith, and Taves can teach the winning pedigree to the forward and defense group. But at the end of the day, Chicago needs to find someone who can stop pucks like Corey Crawford did. That's a required championship piece. Chicago's team metrics, Chicago is up a rank spot to a tie for 16th with 2.8 goals scored. The power play at a 22.2 success percentage dropped a spot consecutive weeks to be 9th league-wide. The team's goals allowed is 3.2, and that's tied for 24th, down four rank spots. The penalty kill dropped two spots to 27th overall with a 76.4 success kill percentage. Chicago remains ranked third last in shots on goals allowed, an average of 33.1 shots per game. Chicago's useless factoid. Going into Chicago's 7-4 loss to Tampa Bay, Andre Vasilevsky was a perfect 10-0-0 versus Chicago with a 1.88 goals against average and a 9.39 save percentage with a shutout. He is now 11-0-0, although the goals against and save percentage took a hit with Chicago at least getting four goals against him in their loss. Thumbs up team MVP Patrick Kane leads Chicago with 61 points, well over a point per game. What's impressive is he's actually four assists shy of being an assist per game for the season. He has 46 helpers in 50 games played. Only Edmonton's Connor McDavid has more assists in this NHL season. Thumbs down. 2.65 million or 3.3% of Chicago's total cap space 
according to Cap Friendly, is what GM Stan Bowman spent on his three goalies for this season. In additional news, two-time cup winner forward Andrew Shaw announced his retirement in this past week at the season end Chicago team recap. I plan to give proper farewells to both he and Brent Seabrook that this condensed season has limited the available time for covering all the eight teams and things that have happened. So we're going to get to that. We can add center Ryan Carpenter concussion day to day to the list of injured players as well as Kelvin DeHaan hip for the injuries. Defenseman Adam Bocas wrist is listed as out as well. The group of players that haven't played because of long-term injuries at all, Jonathan Taves, Zach Smith, and Alexander Nylander this season. Up next, four games, Saturday versus Florida, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at Carolina. The home record for Chicago, 12-10-3, away 10-12-3. Four games against two of the top three that were Chicago to win out would bridge the points to make the last two games versus Dallas that Chicago is playing have meaning for the playoffs. I don't expect that to happen, but that's what I think it would take for Chicago to have a shot at it, depending on how Nashville and Dallas did respectively. Thanks for listening to Going For Fourth, Central Division Hockey, the podcast this week, Discover Central Edition. Final podcast thoughts, Dallas in Nashville, Saturday night, a big key week ahead for both those teams. As much as I think both could use a regulation win for their playoff hopes, I still think that game is getting into extra time. Hopefully, just overtime, not a skills competition for the really important extra standing point. you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want i'll have an old-fashioned i'll have a margarita now you can with the bartesian home cocktail maker bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button choose from over 50 different cocktails from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today you'll always get freshly mixed perfectly balanced cocktails with the bartesian cocktail maker and now get bartesian's best black friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday entertaining the Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at Bartesian.com holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at Bartesian.com holiday. Tired of long waits and rushed care at the ER and urgent care clinic? Next time, stay home and let Dispatch Health bring the power of the hospital to you. I call Dispatch Health. A care team of medical professionals actually come to your house. They're the same caliber of people that you would see if you were at a hospital or an urgent care. 
Dispatch Health can treat most non-life-threatening emergencies. They can do the x-rays, they can do stitches, urinary tract infections, blood tests, urinalysis, ultrasound. It's almost everything that they can do at the ER. You never feel rushed. They're there for you and only you. I felt like their only patient. And it costs no more than a trip to urgent care because Dispatch Health is covered by most insurance, including Medicare. See if we serve your home at DispatchHealth.com. Dispatch Health really went above and beyond. It's wonderful to have care come to your home. House calls are back, and they're better than ever. Learn more at DispatchHealth.com. 